Hi, welcome back to Madness and Meaning. Kelly and I have a very interesting topic that we want to dive into today. And there's a little bit of, I think, subtlety to it that I'm really excited to kind of unpack and dive into. And it's the notion that we all, as a collective, as a human species, love to search for more when more isn't always needed or even sometimes wanted. But we all have this sneaky urge to constantly be doing more, doing more, achieving more, being better, and filling our day with stuff to do because there's this weird discomfort with not doing. And the more we find value in doing, the more we desire to do. And it ends up being this really weird cycle that's very challenging to one, see, because it can be, it can come up in really sneaky ways and also pull ourselves out of. Because I feel like on some level, the very nature of our worthiness is kind of wrapped up inside of it. And I have a really funny story where this Literally, when I was researching ideas for this podcast, was it reflected back to me that this cycle was playing out for me? One of my, the shadow aspects of who I am is anchoring my sense of worth and value into my accomplishments and being able to show up as my best self. And when I can look at something I've done and say, that was really good, I feel good inside of me. And so my placing my value on how I'm showing up in the world. And so I, I take the time before these podcast episodes to sit and come up with ideas for kind of talking points that I want to hit. And sometimes I'll check in with my guides to see if they have a fresh perspective that I didn't think of before, or if they can give me like a, another nuance to look at things in a different way so that I can bring my best foot forward on these things, right? Because that's really important to me. And so I sat down and I asked them, like, is there anything else that I can talk about here that I may not have thought of or that would bring a unique perspective to this conversation? And they're like, nope, you, you know, you seem to have a lot of perspective already and I would trust that. And I sat with that and I was like, hmm, that doesn't <laughs> feel true. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> and so I asked them again. I, I was like, okay, well, is there anything that I haven't thought of that you can fill me in with? And they're like, where are you in this very moment searching for more and desiring more where more needed. isn't needed? Yeah. And humble me the <laughs> <laughs> I was humbled in that yeah. moment. So it can, and it was like so subtle. I didn't even realize I was doing that, but that's kind mm -hmm. of my pattern. And so that this shows up for us in so many ways. And so I'm just going to throw this one to Kelly and let her share her wisdom on this with all of you. Sure. Well, I think that this is something that we all come to recognize we have at some point like operating within our lives. And this is a pattern that you and I have seen. And I would say every single person that we've ever interacted with in a coaching client coach capacity where, I mean, someone's only going to come and hire a coach if they want more of something. They want more happiness. They want more success. They want more connection. They want more money. They want more confidence. Um, more external results of some sort. And although, you know, what I think is interesting about navigating this conversation is that I want to be really intentional not to make that wrong as well, because there is something just really innocent about pursuing more and taking action and challenging ourselves and finding out what our capacity is here in this human life experience. And I think that that can be used as a really beautiful expansion experience inside of our lives, but it's very rarely used that way because we do it so unconsciously. And when we're pursuing more, 
in this very unconscious state, what that tends to look like is, well, I can relate it very simply back to like weight loss. That's where a lot of this tends to like my understanding of these things started to come in was in regards to weight loss coming from a fitness and nutrition coaching background where people would come to me wanting to lose 15 pounds and then they would and then they wanted to do this instead to gain muscle and then they would and then they wanted to lose that extra five pounds and then they would and then they wanted to get stronger and then they would and there was like a never-ending perpetual pursuit of changing themselves specifically in relation to their body and even though they would probably answer the question like are you feeling better with the answer, yes, like I am feeling better about myself, that that urge to become something different or to be better never went away, no matter how much they got to where they thought that they needed to go in order to, to have that urge to get somewhere else go away. And I think that's the nature of that urge is that when we feed it, it grows. It doesn't actually ever become fulfilled when we are searching for more outside of us, it just gets hungrier. It doesn't actually become fulfilled, which is what elicits us onto this journey of starting to question, what is this really about? What is it that I actually want? Because obviously trying to get it outside of me isn't working, which kind of lends into all of these conversations that you and I have had already, which comes back to how do we insource? what it is that we're really looking for the hungry ghost yeah yeah it's like this this sense of unsatisfaction coming from a place of pain like I'm not enough I don't think that there's an awareness that that's where it's coming from necessarily but that is ultimately what it's about is I am not enough there there's aspects of me that are not right yet. I'm not making enough money. I haven't done enough with my life. I'm not artistic enough. I I haven't, you know, what I don't look good enough. Like whatever, whatever the conditioned belief system is, and wherever you're perceiving that lack to be coming from. And it's like it fuels this constant and consistent drive to do more and it like it's it it's like a fire that you can't put out and you don't really know where it's leading you but it never it's never full it's always searching and then when you feel like you can't go any further in one direction it shifts onto something else and it takes you in a different direction but it's being fueled from the same not enoughness mm-hmm. and I was asking my guides like what is this exactly is it just the ego's need to constantly be doing something like it's this human desire to do and they're like no actually that's not really what it is the ego doesn't find satisfaction in doing necessarily it finds satisfaction in feeling valued and so when we can fill our time with activities where we feel valuable inside of them, like we're producing something of value or we're showing up in a way that's valuable, then it gives us a sense of purpose. And it's this like purposefulness almost that's driving this incessant need to do. And there's something oddly threatening and anxiety inducing about not. Like if you were to just take your foot all the way off the gas and do nothing for like a day. Yeah, just one. Just (laughs) one day. And you're not on vacation, sometimes even Mm -hmm. on vacation. Right. That's very challenging for some people to just sit and do nothing. Just notice like the anxiousness that comes over you and how your mind starts racing and how you start fidgeting and you just cannot do nothing. Mm-hmm. It feels wrong. It feels so wrong. Yeah. And I think the fueling source of that wrongness or the innate threat we feel around not doing It's similar for all of us. I think it might have slightly different flavors. And the way that I context it to understand it for myself, at least, is coming back to 
um, those core needs of the personality that we all have. Some people are more driven by the need for certainty, to feel secure, to feel safe, to have predictability and consistency in their lives. And we all have that need, but some people are slightly more sensitive to that need not being met and prioritize it more. There's also the need for significance, which is to feel important and validated, like you were saying, and to feel um, like you're good enough and you're special in some way. And then I think the only other one that I think is relevant here mostly is the need for love and connection, which is just to feel loved by and connected to other human beings. And I think that this plugs in really well to how it is that we are fueled inside of our incessant need to search for more. Because even though we might all experience that as uncomfortable when we're taking a step back, taking our foot completely off the brakes, for me personally, I think when I peel the layers back enough, that would be coming from a place of I don't feel significant if I'm not doing enough. Because I've learned that I find my significance in what I accomplish, how hard I work, like how many qualities about myself I can justify as impressive to the outside world. And so all of that becomes threatened when I take my foot off the gas. And a similar but slightly different flavor to that would be someone who's more driven by the need for certainty, where they find safety and security inside of control. They're able to predict or they feel like they can predict outcomes of their life more when they are doing everything that they can and everything that they know that they can do to try to control the outcome gives them that sense of certainty. And then for someone that really deeply values that core need of love and connection, then we're all going to have some ties to how worthy of love we are and how much connection we feel, how seen and heard we feel by how much we are accomplishing externally we've all received some sort of validation around like you're so hardworking, or good job for doing that or whatever and that gives us or can fulfill us with that sense of love and appreciation and support and connection with people that if we really deeply value that taking a step back can feel like a threat to our ability to have that need met because we've associated us doing and accomplishing and becoming more, doing more with how loved we are. It's literally a threat to your sense of self. Like that's what it becomes because your entire sense of, of worth is so intertwined with what you do with it that the second that you pull back on doing like your entire being kind of crumbles at that point. And there's something massively uncomfortable with allowing that to happen when you're the one that control can control allowing it not to like the perceived yes. idea of that. But I, these core, core wounds that you're talking about, these come from your upbringing, right? Like what you, what you witness those around you thinking, feeling, how they're behaving. And that kind of determines how you feel about yourself and how you outsource your own sense of self-worth and, and value and validation. I do think it comes back if you peel the layer back another time, always to desiring to feel loved. Like if we can feel certain about things, then we feel in control and then we can self-validate for that and then love ourselves more. So I do feel Absolutely. like it always comes back down to that, where the more we can do, the more control we feel, the more connection we feel, the more love for ourselves we feel. And the second that we don't do as much as we could be doing, our ability to find value inside of ourselves and extend ourselves compassion is completely threatened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that it comes back to the worth stuff, which if you haven't listened to our last episode, that was my favorite one so far yeah. because we went so deep on a topic that I think is, it is so complex and that's why it's going to continuously insert into probably all of these conversations because ultimately it does always come back to worth we earn our worthiness of love ultimately is what it, this is all about we at the deepest coriest layer we want love 
Coriest. Coriest. <laughs> I heard myself say it. I'm like, you know, it works. <laughs> I want everyone to make a note. It's your Coriest level that Kelly yeah. is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the deepest Coriest level. You want love. Yeah. And you want to you want to feel worthy of love. And we earn that worthiness, or at least we've been conditioned to believe that we earn that worthiness through becoming more, becoming more successful, becoming more beautiful or attractive, uh, making more money, being more fun or funny or selfless. There's so many different qualities that we've learned make us more valuable, more worthy of love. And so there's kind of a endless list of things that we can pursue more of in this life. And I think a lot of us come into some kind of personal development journey from that place of wanting to become more of something, even if it's just more happy. I want to be more happy. I want to be more confident. I want to be more kind, maybe to myself, to other people. I want to be more successful maybe if you came into the personal development sphere in the same way I did which was law of attraction <laughs> make more money and be more successful and all of that it's so human to desire that and again I want to come back to and that's not wrong but I think we enter a whole new level of that game that game of the pursuit of more when we can do so from a conscious place where we recognize that we can pursue more but the outcome of that doesn't actually mean anything about us. And it does not actually threaten our worth, our value, our ability to feel loved. Because when we got get caught up in that game and we fall asleep inside of the idea that the results of me pursuing more is what is going to determine who I am, how good I should feel about myself, how worthy of love I am that the pressure drastically increases. We get lost inside of that game. We make sacrifices that aren't healthy for us. And we ultimately end up very unfulfilled at the end of it all. Something that has always fueled me is this desire to be better than like to step into a version of me that is somehow better than my current version. And when I first started talking to my spirit guides, that's all I wanted to know from them. It's like, how do I build a better business? How do I get more clients? How do I make more money? Mm -hmm. And it was all coming from this place of how do I be better? Like, how do, who do, how do I take this version of me and become a better version of me? And they were always like, love, just love. <laughs> that's so infuriating. It was so <laughs> infuriating. And it, it got to a point where like, there was clearly wisdom in there that I wasn't getting. And so I I had to stop asking the same question a thousand different ways and, and lean in. And they ultimately said, well, what you're wanting is to feel differently. And what you're wanting is to feel loved. And so what better way than to just love yourself? And I could not wrap my head around that because I was so attached to this this method that I had been using for so long that was being fueled from this place of lack and I have come a long way since then and this desire to do more is still there but it's coming from this much more embodied place where it's not being fueled from a place of pressure and that is something that they have said to me before that always stuck with me. Feeling pressured is never divinely led. Pressured to do something or pressured to be something that's never coming from a divine place. That's coming from a place of fear. And I do think sometimes we get into this, we discover spirituality and get, and get into this space and we're like, what is my mission? What am I here to do? Like, what is my purpose in this life and we immediately associate our entire purpose with doing something with it and how can I fulfill that properly how can I live up to certain expectations of me who set the expectations no idea but there are that there, there's got to be some right sure. <laughs> and 
clients consistently come to me like, well, what can I, like, what more can I do? What can I do to get to this thing that I want? And there's nothing wrong with wanting. And I think that that's actually a very healthy thing is to want something, like to have a desire of some sort that's to be human. But learning how to recognize where it's coming from is so important because if it's coming from a place of pain, then there's always going to be that not enoughness and the pain is constantly, consistently going to be driving that. And I think an area of contention where I see this a lot is under the umbrella of money. Well, that's where the buck stops because there's never enough money. Like when, when can you say that you, I've had made enough money now, I no longer need to make more money because Billionaires don't even think that. (laughs) What? Billionaires don't even think that. Well, that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Right? Like, it's so easy to think that when you haven't had the experience of it. And that's really what this comes down to is someone that's never experienced being thin is always going to see their lack of thinness as a thing that's in their way from feeling differently. And then they get the thinness, the thing that they thought was going to be the answer, but that hungry ghost is still there. Yes. Yeah. That is such an important piece to this. And I think I would love to explore whether we think it's possible to reach that point before having to get ourselves there. When When we're talking about like someone can't, have that understanding or at least buy into that belief that being skinny is not the answer until they get there and realize I'm still unhappy. (laughs) And also with the money, do we have to get all the money and realize that wasn't the answer? Or is there a way we can start to embody that even before we get there? And I think that's something I'm starting to explore in my own life. I'm exploring that too, in a very, in a very big way. And I am I am going to talk about something very vulnerable right now, something that I'm currently moving through. And I just ask that whoever's watching or listening, be kind. I have struggled inside of my business since becoming a business owner. It's been very challenging for me to find clients. And I have never been able to make a lot of money like inside of my business and working for another person. That's always been a challenge for me for one reason or another. When I was working for someone else, it was coming from this place of not feeling capable of making a lot of money, but also there was this worth component there. Like, I don't feel good enough to be able to make more, so I'm just going to be satisfied with what I'm given. And that was constantly reflected reflected right back to me with a, a, a very less than desirable amount of income. And then I started my business, my personal training business, and I struggled getting clients. I struggled making money. And then I closed that business down and I started this one that I'm currently in. And it's been the same pattern for me. And that was a constant point of contention. As soon as I could talk to my spirit guides, it's like, oh, I get all the answers to the universe. Fantastic. All right. I got my pen and paper. What what can I do? to make money like what can I do to get clients build a business give me the business plan like tell me all the answers thank you please and let's go and all I ever heard was just love yourself just love just feel (laughs) and I wanted to bash my head through the wall because that wasn't helpful for me and it's been a very long slow slog of dismantling that for myself and being kind of forced to find my sense of worth and inner power without the thing that I thought was going to give it to me. And for a long time, I fought that tooth and nail. But with, I would say like within the last like two to three months, I have started really anchoring into what does it feel like to sit inside of my personal power as this version of me. Like if I never changed and if this is who I am forever, what if that was enough? Like what would that 
be like? What would that feel like? And that's been a very interesting journey. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there's kind of two places that people can find themselves in in regards to this. One is just being completely unaware that that's available to them in the first place. Like when you are just living inside of the idea that in order for you to feel this, you need to accomplish this or you need to change this. But once we're at the level of consciousness that we can recognize, maybe that's not true. And maybe we start to recognize that because we see it in other areas of our life. Like for me, it started with, I had the body, was not happy. Right. I had the validation, was not happy, was not confident in myself, was extremely insecure. And that was like my first real lived experience of the thing I thought that I needed in order to feel better about myself didn't actually give it to me. And so I had tried to translate that, I think, or knew it was available for me at least to translate that into my very similar experience to you inside of business, where I constantly felt like I was never meeting the mark and always struggling, never making enough money never getting enough clients, never seeing enough success. And I saw that it was at least available to move into a place where can I be okay with that? Is that truthfully okay where I am at? And even started spinning it in different ways, like is telling myself that it's not okay working (laughs) to get me out of it? (laughs) And I was able to very clearly see, no, I'm disempowered. I feel stressed all the time. I feel like crap about myself. That's not very good for my productivity, for my creativity, for my, all the things that I can see would probably be helpful for me to move out of this place in the first place. But even so, I resisted it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, I, I. And I do think that that is the gift of not getting what you want. It just, man, does it take a lot of work to to ground into that and see it that way. But I, I even still, like, I watch myself filling my days with stuff. <laughs> and it's like, why? Like, what? And it, it gives you the illusion of moving forward in some way. But it it really isn't moving the needle in any way whatsoever. Yes. yes. But I still find myself like there have been days recently where I literally had nothing to do. And I was searching for something like what can I, what is something that I can do so I can feel a sense of control inside of my life. And that might be part of it where we're searching to feel a semblance of control where we don't inherently have any. And there's something radically destabilizing about that, especially when it's been your operating system for so long. Absolutely. Yeah, just simply put, what feels unfamiliar feels very unsafe. And believing in our enoughness, our inherent enoughness, believing that we are okay, (laughs) is so unfamiliar to all of us to our bodies, to our minds, to our nervous system. Like that is just completely unfamiliar in every way, shape and form. And for me to even entertain the idea that I didn't have to make more money, I didn't have to be more successful than where I was in order for me to be genuinely okay. I just, I know I saw it was here and I'm like, no, actively don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. We, We like, this is such an interesting conversation. We like have this death grip onto it. And it's always the thing that we've never experienced because I guess there's this really powerful drive where once you get that thing, the one thing standing in your way from ultimate peace (laughs) and acceptance, then you can breathe easy because then you did it. You did the thing. You earned and, it. And it just, you are like, you earned it. You got it. You achieve it. Now you can die happy. And there's nothing left on the table for you to feel like 
that you dropped the ball, that you left your, let yourself down, that you are a failure of some kind, that you didn't have what it took. And I think that that kind of fuels, that's what fueled it for me was, well, if I don't get it through this, if I don't make the money and get all the clients and have this successful business, which is the thing that I want, I don't want to just feel love. Stop telling me to feel love. I want to feel loved by getting the thing that I want. Yeah. If I'm not able to get it, I think there was a part of me that didn't inherently believe that I would feel loved. Like it wasn't, I couldn't make that connection. There was a lot of doubt there that it was possible for me to feel loved without that thing. Absolutely. And I think that comes down to our inherent fears of choosing to believe in our inherent enoughness, our inherent worthiness, which we talked about in our last episode around like, if I just believed that I was worthy, I wouldn't accomplish anything or everything that I have built up would go away. It would be taken away from me or it wouldn't be permanent in some way. And we don't trust that fully. And that keeps us death gripping onto that old conditional hardworking or whatever, searching for more way of operating inside of our lives. Resistance is always rooted in some kind of fear, I think. Something that just occurred to me, and I'm so curious to see what you say about this. Do we ever really need? In a very spiritual way, the answer is so clearly no to me. Yeah. And I can, I can justify it too. Like, when have I ever not had all of like everything? Like I've, how, when have I ever not genuinely been okay? Like there's never actually been an experience of needing more than what was here. My mind told me that I did, <laughs> but they're never, if I'm really honest and I investigate it with fierceness, the answer is no, I've always had everything. I've never actually needed more than I had. But, <laughs> but that's that's the in, the lack of integration, right? And I think that's normal. We have the human, we have the spirit, and the human really hates that. Yeah. The human loves to feel justified in not having its needs met, so I can blame things on the outside. They didn't support me enough. They didn't love me enough or I didn't make enough money or I wasn't that happy or I wasn't confident or like I didn't have, I didn't have what I wanted. I didn't have what I needed. And very simply to me, that just seems like a way that the ego tries to maintain itself. It's identity. It's lack. I think the argument is always, well, you need money to survive on this planet, but that's not even what I'm saying. Exactly. And I'm glad you're pointing that out. That's not even what this conversation is about. No. Do you have the money to get by right now? If the answer is yes, then you don't need more you want more because you believe that having more will allow you to access a feeling that you don't feel capable of feeling now. If you don't have the money to get by now, do you feel the lack? Because sometimes the answer to that is no. And I have traveled to countries where the people that lived there literally didn't. Yeah. But the sense of inner abundance was extremely palpable. Mm-hmm. So I do think it comes back to, well, what's driving like the outward appearance of not or feeling of not having, and ultimately, do you actually need it? Or is there just the feeling of need driving and being projected onto this notion that you do? Yes. Yeah. I have a very recent experience of learning this lesson on a deeper level me also sharing vulnerably as you did earlier. I am currently in a position in my life where I am making the least amount of money I've ever made. 
also living in a country that's probably the most expensive country I've ever lived in. It's not a good match. And my mind loves to run with that. It loves to just get lost in stories about how horrible things are going to be and how everything's not okay and how I need to get my shit together and about I'm making a huge mistake and blah, 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 blah. I need to do X, Y, Z and I need to work harder and I need to figure this out. And it's so dramatic and it and it really has created this experience for me since arriving in Australia where I feel like I can't enjoy it most of the time. It's been it's been really, really a challenge for me to actually be in moments and feel okay. I've genuinely not felt okay. And because I'm not feeling okay, then I'm like, it's because I'm not making enough money. And then the cycle like repeats itself. But I had a moment this last weekend where I was just sitting with a new group of people that I had just met. And we were having such a good time, amazing conversations. We were laughing so much. I had like a lemonade and like just everything just felt so abundant, abundant of connection, just like pleasure. And like everything was just like, it was so nice. And I was like, I had the thought of like, I shouldn't be enjoying this so much. I'm not making enough money. (laughs) And I watched myself deflate so much in that moment. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) I was just feeling a certain way, regardless of how much money I was making. Like I accessed the most blissful connection, laughter, fun, connection, bliss, like just everything was just so nice in that moment. I was like, this lemonade is hitting the spot. It's so warm out, like everything's amazing. And then thought took it away not my money (laughs) not how much money I was making but a thought about it which it it's a lesson I've learned before but it was like a good reminder of just like my ability to access this never had anything to do with how much money I'm making or how good things are going in my life and because I was able to recognize that in the moment and had this like epiphany of that was a thought that took away my pleasure, not the actual experience of not making very much money right now. Then I found it, I found it really easy to lean back into it. I don't think I thought about it at all again for the rest of the day. And if it did come up in my mind at any point throughout the day, it kind of just felt funny where I'm like, why would I do that to myself? (laughs) We literally are the creative creators of our experience. And so it is us that is creating the feeling of lack, not the money that we have or don't have. And the need that we feel to make more of it is coming from a a feeling of lack that's existing inside that is being projected onto something outside because the belief system is that is the one thing that's going to solve the problem for me. And if it's not money, it's time. Right. Right. Someone that has a lot of money doesn't have a lot of time or, or whatever it is. And so they're seeing, Oh, someone that has a lot of time, they have all the answers. They have the thing that I want. And that's what they spend all of their money <laughs> trying to get. Um, and so I think we're always kind of looking at the yard across from us being like, well, what do they have that I don't have? That's going to be the answer for me. And once I have all the yards, yeah, <laughs> then, then I won't need anything. But I think right. that the, that feeling of need is always going to linger under the surface until you understand what it actually is. And it's a belief system that I am not enough. Right. I, I don't feel comfortable inside of myself. Yeah. I'm not enough. I'm not safe. I'm not worthy. Some variation of that is really at the coriest core (laughs) of all of it. And I think just us being able to recognize that in the moment, like I think there's so much value in having an experience of something that makes you feel really deflated, nervous, scared, anxious, or whatever about your situation outside of you. And that urge to do something about it or to be more to do more etc 
and to just create your own language around what's really going on. Like, it's not actually about me needing to do more, about me being uncomfortable, about me wanting X, Y, Z or whatever. It's about how there's a feeling in my body that feels really uncomfortable. And there's a feeling in my body that I don't feel that I want to feel that I think I'll get if I get it outside of me. (laughs) And I think just being able to context it in that way for ourselves pops us out of it enough to be able to make a different decision if that's what makes the most sense for us in that moment. Which for me was not, I'm going to leave this table and go do some arbitrary work on my business. I'm going to stay here with these people that I'm having a great time with. (laughs) Right. What is so uncomfortable? Because at the end of the day, the reason why we're constantly doing is to feel a sense of peace, right? When I can do enough, I can finally feel at peace once I have accomplished all the things, then I can feel at peace. But when we're given space to not do now and access the peace that we're desiring through doing, that feels massively uncomfortable. Like I'm just thinking of my family on vacation. God bless them. But they were driving me insane because they just were all, they always needed to be doing something. They couldn't sit still and they were on vacation. And there's this like massive discomfort with just even when the goal is to not do anything because you're on vacation, there's still a discomfort in actually sitting in stillness with your own thoughts. What do you think that is? I think it's it's that same core need that we're perceiving is threatened. Like if I sit still, I'm not going to be safe. I'm not in control. I can't predict the outcome. Bad things might happen. Or if I sit still, then I'm not accomplishing things. I'm not going to get the success that I need in order to feel validated and receive validation from the outside in order to feel special and significant in the world. I'm wasting my time. I'm lazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have like the surface level connection to how we're interpreting what's going on. And then there's more of the deeper layer of the meaning we're attaching to it could also be attached to our worthiness of love if I'm just sitting here then I'm a lazy person then I'm this negative quality that I've learned throughout my lifetime makes me unworthy of love (laughs) or unlovable or unlikable or whatever and so I think that discomfort is really trying to wake us up to these parts of ourselves that feel unloved ultimately And the go-to typically when all of that is kind of permeating this peaceful space that you've given yourself or been gifted, typically the go-to is I must listen to that voice and therefore go and fill my time with doing. Yes. How do you retrain that? Like if you have a client coming to you that's very self-aware that I don't feel comfortable sitting in stillness. I want to have more spaciousness. I want to have less time doing, but I don't know how to stop. Yeah. I think what tends to happen is then we create that as another job that we're supposed to fix. And then it's like, it it becomes kind of, it's a a reiteration of the exact same thing in its own way. Or like, Now your self-awareness has expanded so much that now you're using that self-awareness to judge and shame where you are. Yeah. And now it's like, I should, I need to just sit down. I need to just relax. And it staying in that shaming level, I think just is inherently going to cut us off from our resourcefulness, our creativity, our ability to just feel connected and safe with ourselves in the moment in the way that we would require in order to actually be able to make a different decision. And so I think that meeting ourselves with compassion and understanding in these moments where we're doing something that we are self-aware enough to understand we're doing it, maybe why we might want to stop doing it (laughs) at the same time, but we're able to 
come to that with an understanding of I'm doing this because I feel unsafe or I'm doing this because I've learned that if I slow down, I'm not going to be okay. I'm not worthy of love. And even if I can see, I don't want to believe that anymore. Or even if I can see reasons why that's not true, there's a part of me that doesn't fully trust that yet. And that's fair enough. Maybe I haven't given myself or that scared part of me enough evidence in my life to support that there's actually a different truth. And so rather than shaming myself for knowing better, but still doing the thing anyway, we can tune into that part of us that feels vulnerable and meet it with love. And love really says, you don't have to be any different than how you are. That's what love is. Love isn't, get your shit together and stop being that way. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you don't have to be any different than you are. It makes total sense to me why this feels uncomfortable and why you are acting out in a way to avoid that discomfort. makes perfect sense to me why you're that way. And that's perfectly okay. You're allowed to be that way. And then maybe you can offer yourself an insight as well. And... What I also know is true is that by me never giving myself the space to rest, the consequences of that are X, Y, Z. I also know that if I never give myself the opportunity to prove to myself that I will be okay, if I take some time to be still or to relax, to not constantly be doing something, that I'm always going to feel that urge to do something because I'm never giving myself the opportunity to feel safe inside of that. And I also maybe have some reasons for wanting to find evidence that I am okay, because maybe that would be good for my mental health and it would be better for my relationships. And I wouldn't drive my family crazy by always wanting to do something or X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And so we can meet ourselves in that compassionate place, in that loving space unconditionally and (laughs) also offer what's true, what we now see is available for us to perceive and how to hold the situation. And then from that level of consciousness, see what decision we decide to make. So what you just said, like to sum up what you beautifully iterated, actually taking a moment, like pausing and sitting with how you're feeling, recognizing that you're using the same shame and judgment as motivation to do less as you were using to do more. And then it's kind of the same pattern being projected onto a different thing. And then being loving towards yourself when you notice that. And just pausing and showing yourself love, not for doing and not for not doing, but just for your mere existence. And then from that place, then you can decide what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is that is the gateway to change, to long-lasting change. When we try to force it and just, when someone, I get this all the time. This is such a common pattern that people come to me with is, I can't sit still. I can't sit still and I feel uncomfortable doing nothing. And they see that as a problem. Right. And they're stuck with it. They can't overcome it, no matter how much, like we could stay on the surface level and just be like, you know, like, well, you'll be okay if you take some time. It's only 10 minutes or it's only 30 minutes and everything's not going to fall apart. And they can agree with me wholeheartedly and be like, yeah, you're right. And then walk away from that session and come back two weeks later and be like, I didn't take any time to myself. (laughs) And that happens so much. And I, this is where I was going to go with this is that we're not saying that doing less is better than doing more. Sure. It's the intention and energy behind the action that you're, or inaction that you're taking. If mm. ultimately what you're searching for is the fulfillment of a core wound, once you've identified what it is, and at the base layer of it all, it is to feel loved. That is the number one priority. And then it doesn't matter what you do or don't do from that place. Yeah. I think that this is a a beautiful segue into an aside of this conversation that I thought about a little bit earlier and I didn't know if it was going to fit in, but 
I think I would like to throw it in. Throw where it. I will. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm having this experience more recently where I'm starting to learn how to do more from that conscious and intentional place. And this is after I probably took the last three years of my life kind of rebelling against this urge inside of me to have to do more. So I came from this background of, of course, being self-employed and all of that, where it was like, do more, do everything, work harder than everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then burnout and then world pandemic and then lots of things led me to a place where I'm like, F it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to trust. I'm just going to do what feels good. I'm just going to take space when I need it. I'm just going to X, Y, Z. And that was beautiful for so many reasons because it helped regulate my nervous system to that amount of doing or not doing. It helped me see that I was okay and learn that I'm okay, even if I'm not doing as much as I know I possibly can, even if I'm not the hardest working person in the room, even if I have a lot of space to myself, I have lived in and learned in my mind and in my body and in my nervous system that that's okay. And so now that I have landed in that space, I started to probably over the last year or so, I have felt like that was growth to me then. It's not growth to me now. Right. And there was like this discomfort inside of it where I could feel a desire to do more in the form of like creative ideas would come to me. And I would have all of this just like inspiration as far as things that I could do, et cetera. But then I would kind of turn a blind eye to them because I'm like, I don't want to take on too much. I don't want to go back to that place of doing everything. And it became almost like its own fearful excuse not to take on things anymore, even though they were I could feel they were coming from this really inspired place, but I didn't fully trust it. So I was almost having the opposite experience of this, which is really interesting. The pendulum has to swing. Absolutely. I think people come into the personal development space with the impression that this is going to happen faster than it does. This is a very long process. And we're talking like a lifetime here because yeah. there's so many layers not to scare people but ultimately when you come into like you were saying at the beginning when you hire a coach to get to a destination because it's better than your current one then it's coming from this place of need this this need energy and so when you're trying to become like work through your own stuff so that you can feel better but you have to feel better quickly so that you can finally feel like it's again stemming back to the same kind of perpetual not enoughness energy and when you really get into the thick of things this is a very long slow learning process and the pendulum might have to swing back and forth a few times like one year one way one year the other way and then half as far for a couple years the other way and yep. like over the course of a very extended period of time you learn but you can't learn unless you allow the pendulum to swing absolutely that's what I have learned and if it's gonna swing into a fearful place fine I Bye. will learn from that yes and that is, that is the lesson. And I think that's the level of trust I've had to ground in myself recently where I have to have this understanding that if I did come back to a place where I'm doing all the things and stressing myself out and doing too much and I, and I fear taking time for myself and I fear doing things that aren't productive, if I go back to that place, my experience of that would be so different than it was the first time it happened because I've learned so much, I have a much different level of self-awareness, a higher consciousness. I understand more of why I am the way I am and what that would be stemming from as well. And I also have more lived experience that there's something about that that's not true as well. And so by grounding in that even if I did swing into that place, it would be completely different and it would therefore 
not have the same impact on my life, on my mental health, on my well-being, and it wouldn't last. That it would have to be there for something that grew me, something that gave me an understanding maybe of boundaries as well, as far as like, okay, now I better understand what my real limits are. Because when I'm in this place on the complete other side of the spectrum of, I don't need to do anything and I'm okay and I'm just, I can just do whatever and take time off and whatever. Like there's something about that also that I don't enjoy, which is that I'm not living up to my fulfillment and my potential and following my creativity and I'm being procrastinative more in nature and that doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel authentic to me as well. And so there's a level of learning the boundary as far as like how much of that space feels authentic and good and how much of that space on the other side of being productive and doing things and following my creativity and my inspiration, how much of that is healthy. So I can, again, swing somewhere in between those places, but I'm not going to know what the edge is until I go there. Right. You have to go over the edge to learn what the edge is. And you might have to do that 10, 12, 20 times <laughs> until you're finally like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And something that I have been in a crash course of lately is understanding what the difference is between a need coming from a feeling of pressure to fulfill a sense of worthiness and an inspired idea that I want to move towards and like what the difference is in how that feels and the how it feels in my body the energy that I have inside of each task and then how I show up inside of each one and then the outcome and I've just kind of been playing with it a little bit and Obviously, because my go-to is always to do, 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 do in order to feel better about me, I've made mistakes. Um, But it's been a very fascinating observation of, can I trust, that's the hardest part, can Uh I sit back and trust that the next kind of download or light bulb moment is coming of a creative inspired action step that will move the needle forward and that I don't have to push force and like drive myself crazy doing in order to get the same outcome and that's been very fascinating for me because I've learned that I don't actually need to work as hard as I've been working to get the same outcome but it feels very uncomfortable not to I've had that lesson too. Yeah. That's a big one. That is a big, big one. And I feel like we are kind of collectively moving in a direction where this is going to start to become more and more obvious for people where they are showing up and doing stuff in their life that is driving, being driven from a place of not feeling great. And they're going to like, when you allow when you allow yourself space to slow down that's when inspiration comes through it can't yes. get in if you're constantly distracting yourself with stuff absolutely yeah yeah and i think on a grand scale this has been shifting in the world yeah. right now in relation even just practically to people moving from the four five day a week working yes. model to the four day a week working model companies and individuals are realizing that people get just as much done (laughs) in way less time and I think there's even been a boom in the fitness industry as far as we went from doing all of these different workouts and strength training and like being in the gym for like an hour an hour and a half two hours so like people are really prioritizing you're noticing that too yes yeah me too I've noticed that too where it's like crossfit and I did that like so I was the yes. I was a prime target for that or like type a more is better if you're not on the floor out of breath can't move sort of your mind the next day then you wasn't enough you didn't work hard enough and it was kind of like feeding that not enoughness yes. and I yeah I've noticed that too people are pulling back people want to have more time in community less time working more time with family more working from home or a hybrid schedule and 
I do think that there's this kind of reprioritization kind of taking place. And inspiration comes in when there's space for it too. And when you can understand the difference between what that feels like and what it feels like to feel pressure to, to make a move of some sort, it, it's very different. And I have found that when I take action from a place of inspiration, the outcome is always never, never <laughs> what I expected, mm. but always better. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think for all those that are listening, if you are in a space now, if you're listening to something like this, you're probably pretty self-aware and you can recognize this pattern in yourself in whatever flavor it shows up in your life of pursuing more, never feeling content with where you are in your life, never feeling fulfilled with where you're at in your life, always feeling like you need to be doing and hustling and accomplishing and whatever. I think that as collectively we're all moving into a place in a very practical level but I think also in like a grander scale spiritual level of just owning that we don't need to do that and more is not better and what we're really chasing is a feeling what we're really chasing is feeling good enough worthy significant safe etc then I think the first step for everybody is just to learn that process that I walked you through earlier of being able to see that with love and compassion. Don't make it wrong. Don't make it another job for you to fix because that's where we get stuck with something. Ultimately, this whole evolution is meant to be a process of your growth, of your connection back to the truth of who you are and you can't do that through shame you just can't and so rather than trying to shame yourself as motivation and and use fear mongering and all of that to try to push you into a different outcome don't make the outcome any more special than where you are right now because there's something really purposeful about you being in a position of being able to recognize yourself in these patterns, being able to recognize that mm, you might not like them, or they might not be beneficial or healthy for you, or there might be something about them that you would like to change. And just allow that to be where you are right now, and bring compassion to that and bring love to that and allow yourself to explore it at the edges that feel good for you to explore where you're at right now and investigate more of what's really going on what are the meanings you're attaching to this what is it that you ultimately are trying to achieve through this pattern and then just see what natural changes happen organically as a byproduct of you meeting yourself that way I love that I think we should end it there I think that was so beautiful yeah I I I hope that anyone watching or listening moving forward from this episode can take the time to ask the question do I really need this or do I just want this and it doesn't matter what the answer is it's okay to I want it but starting to ask yourself some of those deeper questions and finding safety inside of the answer, whatever it is, like allowing the answer to be okay. And to just become, I guess, more reflective on what's really driving your actions, where it's coming from, and learning to show compassion for whatever the answer is. And Absolutely. that's always the compassion is always the first step. Yeah. Always, always, always. And the most easy one to skip out on, I think, for most people. Yeah, so easy to skip out on, but then also not. Yeah, easy in that it feels easier in the moment, but it doesn't work. <laughs> no, and it feels way more uncomfortable just in the long run. Yes. Yeah, it's safe Absolutely. to be kind to yourself. Mm. Yeah, I think we all need that reminder. 
heart. <laughs> heart. <laughs> Thank you all so much for watching and listening this week. And we send you all lots of hearts and safety and kindness and compassion. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Can we end every episode like this? Oh my God, we have to now. Okay. <laughs> Bye. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>